I am going to turn to our text in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 through 10. And I'll read that now. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And then I've enlarged certain, emphasized certain words in the next verse. This next verse, verse 10, contains five prayer requests that Jabez made that God answered. And I want you to notice, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, that's the first thing he did is he prayed. And he said, oh, that you would bless me indeed. And I talked about that last Sunday because where it says bless me indeed, the Hebrew is that you would bless, bless me, or that blessing would follow blessing. Secondly, that you would enlarge my territory. Third, that your hand would be with me. Fourth, that you would keep me from evil. And fifth, that I may not cause pain. And the next thing that I've emphasized is the, are these words, so God granted what he requested. Would you say those words out loud? So God granted what he requested. God bless you, and you may be seated. And Father, I pray right now that in your name, that your word may be delivered with power and authority and effectiveness. We ask for your glory and that your people would receive your word with hearts that are receptive and open and be changed by it. In the name of Jesus, amen. I've been in a series on experiencing the life-changing power of prayer. I'm going to continue that for two more weeks. And next week, I will talk about the three things that I won't get to today in that prayer. That is, number one, that God's hand would be with Jabez. Number two, that God would keep him from evil. And number three, that he would not cause pain. Those are significant elements in this prayer. Today, I want to focus once again on what he said when he asked God in this prayer to enlarge his territory. And in this series on prayer, I've already addressed several issues. As you will recall, and if you were not here, just to remind you, I want you to know that there's power in prayer to change your season. There's power in prayer to change your situation. There's also power in prayer to change your family. And last Sunday, I began what I'll continue and finish today. There's power in prayer to change your space. Everybody say that, space, would you do that? Prayer is remarkably powerful. That's not always our experience, but prayer works. It really works. Especially when you pray that what you ask for, the prayer you pray that you're asking God to answer, that you're also asking that he will use it to bring honor and glory to his name. That is crucial. When you pray prayers that in which you're asking God to fulfill this prayer, but to do it not for your glory, but for his glory. Are you hearing me? That impacts the heart of God. Not every prayer we pray takes into consideration whether or not God gets glory out of it. A pastor, I heard a joke years ago about a pastor who went to visit a new member. And this pastor had at home a parrot that he had trained, and he had trained that parrot to, to say religious sayings and phrases. And so if a visitor came to visit the pastor, the, the, the parrot was trained to say, praise the Lord, shall we pray? 
And he went to visit this new member of the church and to his delight he discovered the new member also had a parrot. But the moment he walked into that new member's home, that to his consternation, that parrot squawked, pucker up baby and give me a kiss. And the pastor learned in the conversation with the new member that the new member was going on vacation for two weeks and needed somebody to take care of his parrot. So the pastor thought, well, I'll do that. And he volunteered, secretly thinking to himself, we'll get this parrot converted too, amen, and teach it at some godly language. And so he brought the parrot home, and the new member was delighted to know that his pastor would take care of it for him. Don't bring any parrots to me, okay? Amen. But the, the pastor was delighted to take care of it. As soon as he got the parrot home and pulled the cover off the cage, and before his parrot could say, shall we pray, the new member's parrot squawked, hey, baby, pucker up and give me a kiss. And the pastor's parrot shouted enthusiastically, praise the Lord. My prayers have been answered. Amen. Not every prayer we pray is designed to bring God glory. Amen. But this prayer about changing your space, enlarging your territory is significant. Last week I pointed out that we all have a space within which we have a measure of authority that God has given us to function and to live in. Some have greater measure of authority in finances. Some have a greater measure of authority in relationships. They can actually teach others how to have healthy relationships. Some have a greater measure of authority in the realm of politics, some in the field of education, some in arts and entertainment, other areas in which they have been granted a measure of authority. And we can knock on that same door, but that's not our measure, and it doesn't open. The thing is, is that Jabez recognized that he was hemmed in. In Hebrew, as I mentioned last week, the name Jabez actually means pain. I want to delve a little deeper into some of the limitations that hold us back today. And I want you to take a look at this man and his name and what it meant with me. I think his mother must have really had an exceptionally difficult time in giving birth to him, to name him pain. And as I mentioned last week, she named him out of her personal struggle and hurt. One of the most important statements that I've ever learned in working with people is that hurting people hurt people. Many of us have been hurt. We've been named out of somebody else's pain. And like Jabez, it might have been our parents' pain. It could have been their rejection and what they've gone through that left us wounded and we were never able to understand. And it's left a, what Dr. Bradshaw Used John Bradshaw, a famous psychologist of some time ago, defined as a hole in the soul, an emptiness within, and what we would call original pain. That's the theological term for that. It's what you're born with. There's an emptiness on the inside. I've watched people try to feel that with many different things. I've watched them try to fill it with affairs. I've watched them try to fill it with addictions. I've watched them try to fill it with things like making more money, getting more fame and prestige, there's not a single thing that can feel the emptiness, the original emptiness, the original pain on the inside other than a relationship with God. I've watched husbands try to make their wives feel an emptiness that only God could feel. 
I've watched wives try to make their husbands feel an emptiness within them that only God could feel. And so they become disappointed in the one that God gave them as their companion because that person is only human and cannot feel the emptiness on the inside that was designed to be filled by God. Somebody call it the emptiness that speaks louder than the howling wind. If you understand where I'm coming from and you've been shaped by pain in your life, that statement will resonate with you. Initially, our identities are formed by whether or not we received or lacked affirmation while we're growing up. Later on, add to that a failing marriage or a divorce or a career that didn't go anywhere. And before you know it, you get stuck and your space is extremely limited. Most people live their whole lives and never realize that God has already called you by a different name. They get named by circumstances. They get named by somebody else's pain. But God knows you by a different name. I think of Jacob that God told, your name is no longer Jacob, it is Israel. Yet you find two chapters later, he's still calling himself Jacob. Because we, get, we accept the names that other people place on us. You'll never amount to anything. You're not the brightest bulb in the socket. Your elevator doesn't go as high as the next kid's goes. When pain and disappointment have spoken, they leave self, low self-esteem and a lack of confidence. And you need to know that God looked at you and saw something special. God has called you special and loved you. He's called you powerful and capable. I wish somebody had just put their hand on their heart and say, God has called me loved. Would you do that right now? We talked about how Jabez's self-esteem, low self-esteem would have been affected by being called by name like pain and all the problems and the hangups that probably were accompanied that as he grew up. As I mentioned, pain causes limitations. I want you to think about it. Pain will tell you what you can and cannot do, where you can and cannot go, where you do and do not belong. It will tell you who you are and who you are not. Pain will tell you where you fit in and where you don't fit in. If you don't believe it, if you're hurting bad enough, notice how pain quickly defines your limitations. You break your foot, you don't put your weight all the way down on that foot anymore. You learn there is a place that you can't go beyond because pain has marked a line you can't step across. You have a rotator cuff injury. You learn real quickly you only can raise your arm just a certain amount because that will let you know that's your limit right there. If you have, if you have acid reflux, it will let you know that when it comes to marinara sauce, it may look and taste good, but you better not eat any of it because that's your limit, right? that's your limitation, that's your space right there. The limiting effects of pain are precisely why the enemy tries so hard to hurt us. Because if he can hurt you, he can limit you. And there are some pain, the types of pain that are, that are physical, but there are other types of pain that are much deeper than that. They're spiritual. They're, they scar you deeply and emotionally. And this is what Jabez did. He discovered that he was limited. He discovered that his life wasn't going where he needed to go. The enemy fights your marriage because he doesn't want your marriage to be what it could be. 
He wants pain in your home. I wish somebody in the house could help me right now. He wants to keep you be, from being successful in your business. He wants you to live with financial pain so you can never support the work of God. Because if he gets you to focusing on pain and telling you what you can't do, he knows your breakthrough is actually connected with your giving. I wish somebody in the building that understood that would say amen. It's why he works so hard to make things fall apart in your life. It's why he wants you, you to stay trapped in a cycle of poverty and need pain will immobilize you john 10 10 the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy and then jesus said i have come that they might have life comma and that they may have it more abundantly and as i like to ask which side of the comma are you living on right now do you just have life or do you have more abundant life because if you're limiting if you're living with limitations, you're still on the wrong side of the comma. God wants to break you out into a new dimension. High five somebody and say, I'm getting ready to move to the other side of the comma. Would you do that right now? And so Jabez realized that he wasn't going anywhere by himself and he needed the help of Almighty God, so he prayed. In the Hebrew where it says he called upon the God of Israel, it literally meant that he went to God. He went to God. That's what prayer is. It's going to a higher source. A higher source than your friends. A higher source than mama. A higher source than your daddy. A higher source than the pastor or the church. Prayer is going to a higher source. Sometimes not even your family can help you. Sometimes you just need God. Sometimes you need God to step into the middle of your situation. And be who he is. Amen. This teaches us an amazing principle. No matter what you've gone through or how challenging your circumstances might be, when you pray, you open up an incredible world of potential and possibilities in God that you didn't have access to before you prayed. We would be so much better off if we prayed. Because what's significant in this is not just what Jabez did, it's what he didn't do. He didn't complain about his hurt. He didn't go talk to somebody how unfair about how unfair life was. He didn't join some protest group and say, I'm being left out. Jabez went to the source that could change everything. He went to God. The old song goes, oh, what peace we often forfeit. And oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Like Jabez, pray. Because when you pray, there's a God in heaven that hears your prayer. And he's interested in even the little things in our lives. Jabez was named out of someone else's pain. But oftentimes our pain isn't caused by others. This is what I want to drill down on today and unpack for you. Often our pain is caused by ourselves. Often it's self-inflicted. That's because we usually live down to what we are named, don't we? We sabotage our own success. Let me ask, is there anybody in this building that's been doing that? You keep getting so high and you don't even know it, but you get knocked back down because subconsciously you know that you're not supposed to be up there. And you've accepted the limitations the world has placed on you. 
you've accepted the name the world has labeled you with and you don't see that I'm loved and I'm healthy and the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want it. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Oh, hallelujah. Leads me beside the still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You haven't come to accept that yet. And I want you to understand that when you don't identify who you are in God, you end up sabotaging your own success. We live down to what's been spoken over us. We do. There's a mysterious verse in Matthew 5, 22, where Jesus said, whoever says to somebody, you fool, you're going to be in danger of hellfire. Did you ever wonder why calling somebody a fool can put you in danger of hell's fire? I'll tell you why. Because every person that God ever created, he brought into this world with a defined purpose. You were made to be special. There's nobody else like you. I'm not just preaching a self-help message this morning. That's not what I'm doing. I want you to know who you are in God. Amen. Everything God ever created has a purpose. You didn't get here by accident. And if you want to know, that's why I hate that diabolical teaching of evolution, Darwinianism, I should say, because it teaches we just got here by accident. Oh, no, you didn't. Before he formed you in your mother's belly, he knew you. He had a plan for your life. He ordained you to a purpose. And when you start calling somebody a fool, you're labeling who they are. You're, 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 you're establishing a glass ceiling that that they will end up living up to or down to as the case may be. And what you end up doing is you cause them to not fulfill the purpose that God created and brought them into this world to feel. And so you call the, your anger, you find their flaw. You say, you fool, you'll never go anywhere in life. And the Lord said, hold on just a minute. You don't know why I created that person. And what you just said is imposing a glass ceiling over them. And now you're interfering with me and my reason for bringing them into this world. I need somebody to say again, I am loved. Would you do that? Amen. Often the expectations of those around us are prophetic in determining who we become. If death is spoken over us rather than life, we learn to expect to fall. We learn to expect to fail. And that's what we end up doing. We don't disappoint the expectations. And that's why you need the word of God spoken over you to replace all of the other stuff that the enemies tried to pump into your mind concerning who you are. That's why Paul told the, the church in Rome, he said, you need to be transformed. You're already saints. You're already saved. You're on your way to heaven. But you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. You need to get that junk out that's been programmed in you all of your life and fill it full of the life-giving Word of God. That's why you need the Word of God every day of your life. You ought to pick up this book and you should not live a day without going to the Word of God because it has resources that will empower you. 
and transform you. Can somebody in the building say amen? Amen. One reason that self-inflicted wounds are so damaging is they cause us to feel shame. Shame is a kind of pain that others can't see. Shame makes you hesitate to commit to doing your best. When Adam and Eve fail and God came looking for them, the Bible says they hid. And when God asked Adam, where are you? <laughs> he wasn't asking Adam, where are you? Because Adam, God didn't know where he was at. Adam had hid so well that God couldn't find him. Like Adam, I tried. Come on out, wherever you are. I, I did my best. God knew where he was at. And God said, Adam, where are you? Not because God needed to know where he was at, because he wanted Adam to know where he was at. Mm. Talking to somebody right now. One of the most challenging things we do as human beings, and this may be a little deep for some of you, and I don't mean for it to be, but one of the most challenging things we do is learn to self-assess, to learn to diagnose where we are. Real easy to blame other people. Real easy to say it's this one's fault and that one's fault and go through the rest of our lives bitter and angry when God wants to wipe all of that away. He wants to remove all of that, fill your heart full of the word of God and let you know through Christ you can do all things because he's the one who's strengthening you right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Adam withdrew. The Hebrew word where it says that Adam hid literally means he withdrew. That's what we do. We withdraw from this group. We withdraw from church. We withdraw from uh, you know, this particular activity because we don't feel we can measure up. That's what shame does. It defines your limits and makes you withdraw. And Jabez became aware. I don't know how he managed it because in working with people, I'm telling you when I say it, this is one of the hardest things that it is, that it is for a human being to do is self-assess. He managed to diagnose where he was at. And he said, I've got to fix this. And he went to God. Shame will cause you to mess up your own marriage. Shame will tell you subconsciously you don't deserve a happy home. And whether it's your culture, your poor decisions, the way you were indoctrinated, where you were raised, whether you didn't have any money or nobody loved you, shame will hold you back. It will make you hesitate before you commit yourself to anything. And that's what makes this story of Jabez so powerful. He figured this out. And when he did... He realized, I don't have to spend the rest of my life hurting. God has called me something different than circumstances have named me. And he went to God and he prayed. Now, I want you to juxtaposition this alongside the experience of his brothers. Because Jabez's brothers never broke out in their life. They never had a breakthrough. We don't read anything about them. Their names are not even mentioned. Instead... Jabez is pulled out of scripture and given prominence because he was able to figure out I've been sabotaging my own life on the basis of my limitations and what others have named me. And he said, God, I want you to increase my space, my territory. And you know what happened? God did that. His brothers who were comfortable never changed their life. They never broke through to a new, new place. Everybody has limitations that we have to overcome. If life has always been easy, you probably don't realize what your limitations are. I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. If you've had it easy your whole life, 
you probably don't even know where your limits are because you're happy, you're content. And sometimes what God will do is God will cause things in life to, to hurt. He won't make the pain be there, but he'll withdraw a little bit and let you see for yourself what's going on. He'll let the enemy, like Job, Job was attacked. That was because God had a hedge around him and the devil came and said, Lord, you're protecting him. But if you'll remove that hedge, he'll curse you. And God said, no, he won't. I know his heart. Now, here's what I want you to see. God's intention was to bless Job with twice as much, but he uses the enemy to do it. Amen. And so God let the hedge be lifted just a little bit. He didn't. He didn't hurt Job. The enemy hurt Job. I want you to first of all figure out who your enemy is. It's not God. It's not God. If you've gone through a divorce, it wasn't because of God. God didn't let you down. If you lost your finances and your business, it wasn't God. It was an enemy and God's going to flip that around for you. If you'll just hold on and keep believing God. Oh, bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Jabez, his brothers, they just drifted along. They're perfectly comfortable, comfortable in life, but not Jabez. His pain made him hungry. Turn to somebody and say, you've got to get hungry. Would you do that? You've got to get hungry. Where you start in life doesn't be where you have to finish. Where your finances are right now doesn't where they, isn't where they have to be a year from now. Where your marriage is right now isn't where it has to be 12 months from today. Where your health is is not where it has to be a year down the road. Do you hear me? God can change all of that, but you got to get hungry and you got to know who to go to and you got to know where the pain has been coming from. You got to figure it out. This is the enemy that's been causing this, but I got a God on my side that's going to flip it around for me. And this is another amazing principle. It's truly amazing where you have been wounded and have overcome by grace, you always receive authority to bring healing to others. Nobody can minister to someone struggling with depression like somebody who used to have depression. Nobody can minister to somebody that's addicted to cocaine like somebody that used to be addicted to cocaine. Hello, someone else can come and talk to you about the power of God. And you say, yeah, I know it's in the Bible and all that. But have you been there? Have you lived it? You see, if you want to minister to me, I want to see a few scars. on. Show me where you've walked through some stuff. Don't talk to me about theory. Am I being real with anybody right now? If you, if you... If you've ever been through a challenge in your marriage and God by his grace put your marriage back together, you need to know this, that you have the authority to now minister healing to somebody else's marriage. Yes, you do. Look at the scripture, Isaiah 53 verse 5. Speaking of Christ, it says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And say this with me. By his stripes, we are healed. 
He overcame the wounds and the pain of our sins and therefore now has been given the authority to bring healing to us. When your wounds are healed, it gives you authority to heal somebody else with the same wounds. Oh, somebody in the building say hallelujah. Tell somebody I I figured out today why I walked through what I walked through. And I survived it by the grace of God. I'm still here. I'm still standing. It's the end of the battle and I'm still on my feet. I survived what I wasn't supposed to survive because God's grace enabled me. And now then devil, you're gonna be angry and upset because you ever showed up because I'm gonna use what you did to me to heal somebody else. Let's take a praise break right now. You may be seated and I'm just about done. For God to increase your space or territory means for him to give you increased authority over something or in some area of your life where previously you have encountered limitations. Amen. People talk about having authority. But they generally mean having authority over people. That's usually what they're talking about. They're actually referring to positional authority. And that is not what I'm talking about today. There's a difference in having a a title and having real authority. There's a difference in, in being given a title and the authority that comes with that and having had an experience in carrying the authority that comes out of the experience. Which would you rather have, a title or an experience? Oh, hear what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Pharaoh had the title, but Moses had the experience with God. Amen. And at the end of the day, you need to understand that that the titles don't really matter in the kingdom of God like authority matters. Have you ever noticed that blessings seek tend to seek some people out have you ever noticed that I'm, I'm ministering to you right now they go looking for some people other people you run after them and they just look over their shoulder and keep on running you go run faster they run a little faster you can't run fast enough to catch them amen money seems to go looking for some folks others it seems to constantly try to avoid them I'm serious did you know money gets lonely if you've only got a $1, it will get out of your wallet and go find somebody else's wallet to get in. Money gets lonely. It likes company. Amen. Some people, money follows them. Others, they try hard. They can't find it. They try this for a while, work real hard at that. They invest in this thing, other thing, then the next thing. And, the, and as soon as they do, the bottom falls out of that market. If you're one of those that can't seem to find a blessing, what I'm preaching here today is if you will take it to God in prayer, God can change all of that in a single moment of time. Yes, he can. Listen to Deuteronomy 28.2. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Did you, did you see that? They'll overtake you. 
You've been trying to chase them down. You've been trying to chase down a good marriage, chase down a good job, chase down a good career, chase down a good ministry, chase down good relationships. God said this, that if you will obey my voice, they'll turn around and start chasing you. I like the voice translation. Because what it says of that verse is all of these blessings will be yours. In fact, they'll chase after you. I want you to prophesy to somebody and say blessings are chasing after you when you walk out of this service today. Would you do that? If you'll listen to what God tells you. In fact, watch this and I'm closing. In John 21, after Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to several of the disciples as they were fishing. And he asked them, children, have you caught any meat? And they had fished all night long and had caught nothing. And Jesus asked them, the Lord, the nets once again. Now exhausted after a hard night's labor, Jesus tells them to try again. Now, this is important. When the night first began, they were strong and fresh, and they fished all night and caught nothing. Sometimes you have to try again even when you don't feel like it. Sometimes you got to try again because your breakthrough in your marriage is in the very next attempt for you to do your best. I'm, I'm preaching my heart out right now to somebody. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. And you know what they did at his word? They said, nevertheless, at your word, there it is right there. If you can get a word from God and stand on that and says, say to the enemy, this is what the Bible says right here. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will never pass away. I'm camped out on this passage right here. Do you read it, devil? Blessings are going to chase me down. Yes, they are. They're going to come looking for me. They got my name on them. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus asked them to lower their nets, and they said at your word. And so exhausted after that hard night's labor, they lowered the net back down. And the moment they did, now this is what you have to see. The fish that had been avoiding the net, saying, there's that net, let's swim this way. They bring it over here. There it is, let's swim this way. They got the net over here. Okay, I'm going this direction. The moment they stood on the word of God, the same fish that were swimming away from the net said, where's that net so we can go get in it? Finances will chase you down. Blessings will chase you down. Hello, somebody. That's in the word of God. I'm releasing in this house today a prophetic blessing over your life. I'm releasing the authority of a greater measure, a greater measure. Somebody giving praise right now. Woo. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to walk in the authority of a greater measure. Would you do that? You may be seated and I'm done. Jabez went to God and asked him, for help to get beyond the limiting factors in his life. You need to do that. You need to pray, God, help me get over these things that are ingrained in me, my hangups, the anger that I still carry, the rejection that I still feel. She left me, dumped me, or he did, or whatever, betrayed me. And that, that has become the filter through which I view everything now in life. God, help me get over my limiting factors. 
This is the word of the Lord to somebody here. Isaiah 54, verse 2 through 3. Enlarge the place of your tent. And I've emphasized certain words. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right. Hold out your right hand. I'm going to expand to the right. And I'm going to expand to the left. Hold out your left hand. And your descendants will inherit nations. I want you to say that. My offspring are getting ready to be blessed. That daughter that's away from God is coming back home. That grandchild that's not serving God is coming to Jesus. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. That husband that's not in the kingdom of God, he's coming into the house of God. I'm expanding my territory to the right and to the left. My family's going to be saved. God said, it make the desolate cities inhabited. Would you stand with me? I'm, I really am done. And the word enlarge means to grow wider and bigger. The word place of your tent means the space your tent occupies. It's your ground. Turn to your neighbor and say, my space is going to get enlarged. Would you do that? That's what I'm preaching today. The power of prayer to change your space. God is going to enlarge the place of somebody's tent and expand somebody's life today. I'm reaching out to the right hand and to the left hand. I'm getting elbow room now. I'm not going to live with the same limitations that I've faced my whole life. Amen. Next week, I want to talk about the other three things that Jabez prayed for because truth of the matter is it's one thing for God to increase your territory and your authority but it's another for you to use it wisely and successfully and therefore keep it permanently I want our prayer counselors to come right now if they would and while they do I want to just share with the rest of the congregation all of our first time guests especially if you don't know our protocol or our culture here this may be a little different than you're used to but I ask you, if you don't mind, to participate with us. What I love to do is have everybody come forward at the end of a service. And I like to pray the blessing of a father over everyone before they go out into the week. And would you come right now and join us? We have prayer counselors. Those are the ones with the red badges. If you need prayer specifically, they will pray with you. And they will touch God for you today. Amen. We're all going to pray in a moment. But if you'll come forward, I want to pray with you before I send you away with a blessing. I want the Father to smile on you this week. I want this to be the best week of your life. I want God to increase your territory this week. This week, you're going to go beyond some limitations. This week, yes, you are. Come in closer. Lots of folk behind you that are coming. I realize not everybody can get all the way up to the front, but as many as can. And then uh, let me say this, to our first time guest, we're so glad that you're here this morning. You have blessed us by coming. And you know what I like to do at the end of this service when we're done, if you would just give us three to five minutes, when you go out the door, if you're one of our first time guests and I've not had a chance to meet you or even second or third, but I haven't had a chance to meet you. I like to meet people. I like to get connected to the people that come to be a part of our services. When you go out these doors, take a hard left, if you would, go all the way down that hall, and there's a conference room right in the direction I'm pointing, right over there. 
And I'm going to be there in just a few minutes, and I'd like to meet each one of you, get to know who you are, because I don't like for people to have to come and be, as it were, alone in the middle of this crowd and not even get connected to anybody. So I'd like for you to come join me in just a moment, and I want to spend a few moments with you. Find out how you came to be here today. Get, get connected to you. If you would, it would make us, it would bless us and make us really happy. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pray. And while every head is bowed, we began this service this morning with communion. And I talked about the power of forgiveness in the blood of Jesus and that the debt has been paid. Would you know something? There's some in this building today that though Christ paid the debt, you've never appropriated his atonement for that debt. Amen. You still carry that weight of sin. You've not given your heart to God. You've drifted away from God. Well, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you're here today and you need God in your life, would you slip up your hand right now and say, pray for me, Pastor. I need God. I want you to pray for me. God bless you and you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. I see your hand. God bless you in the back. Continue to raise them. I need God in my life. God bless you, dear mother. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Hands raised all over the building. God bless you. All the way in the back. God bless you and you. God bless you. Amen. Let's pray together. God bless you. I see you, ma'am, back there. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for every precious soul every one of these who need Christ in their life come and be real to them Lord forgive them of their sins write their name in the book of life I ask right now Lord save them include them in the family of God let the angels of heaven rejoice because this person is either coming to you for the first time or returning back to God to renew their commitment to you and we welcome them into the body of Christ today we do Amen. And to those of you that prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to go on. Be faithful in your attendance here to the house of God. Be with us every week. Get involved. Be a part of the church here. Let the word of God transform your life. Get rid of the negative programming. Learn to move beyond the limitations that were programmed into you. The church will be there to be a blessing to you and to help you. And God will help you. He'll be your strength. Amen. And I want you to go on and receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're getting ready to have another Holy Spirit encounter on a Sunday night real soon. Amen. You'll be amazed at what will happen. Now, let's pray one more prayer. How many in this building know they've been bumping up against limitations of one sort or another? Your relationships, your marriage, your finances, your business. Don't be afraid. Just lift your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. That's me, Pastor. Now, while your hand is still raised, find somebody else's hand who is that whose hand is raised. Just find somebody else and look at them. Look at them. And I want you to tell them, prophesy on the basis of the Word of God. That if Jabez can pray a prayer and God will increase his space, God, who is no respecter of persons, is going to increase your space too. Tell them that right now. Your best days are not behind you. I feel to say that to somebody. Your best days are not behind you. Don't you let the devil lie to you. Don't you let the devil lie to you. Don't you let the devil lie to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
incredible things are getting ready to break out in your life. Somebody ought to shout right now because you're on the verge of a breakthrough. You're on the verge of a breakthrough. Something is getting ready to happen. Woo! Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. Thank you for breakthrough. Amen. And I just, let, let me just pray this before I let you go. Because when I talked about pain, did you feel that in the congregation? Because there's a lot of us who have lived through some pain. We've been there. We've been there. And I want you to know that He is the healer of the pain and the rejection that you have dealt with all of your life. He heals that. He heals that. He will transform that. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say these words. My pain is getting ready to become my asset. Would you do that? Oh, yes, it is. My pain is going to be my asset. Hallelujah. What I went through, what I went through is going to give me authority. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel breakthrough in this house today. 